You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. If you're anything like me, and I got to believe that you are in some ways, you've seen firsthand or experienced how the tongue can destroy someone's life. And not just someone personally, but a church can be destroyed by one tongue, from one lying, deceitful, untruthful, false allegation. Today, Pastor J.D. speaks about the dangers of a lying tongue or a deceitful word. He teaches us that it's important for us to speak the truth because a lie that seems innocent to one person might in fact be detrimental to another person. It's important that you work on taming your tongue if you find yourself speaking out dishonestly. Ask for God's guidance in this task. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 52 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. All right, let's jump in. Psalm 52. This is a a very um, interesting psalm, as we're going to see. We're given quite a bit of detail by way of a title and a preface to the psalm. We're told that it's to the chief musician, and it's a contemplation of David when this guy by the name of Daeg, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, the Edomite, went and told Saul, who was king at the time, and said to him, and these are in quotations, David has gone to the house of Ahimelech. So this is the psalm that David wrote about this event in his life. Verse 1. It's kind of gnarly, so hang in there. Why do you boast in evil, O mighty man? The goodness of God endures continually. Your tongue devises destruction like a sharp razor working deceitfully. You love evil more than good. Lying rather than speaking righteousness, Selah. You love all devouring words, you deceitful tongue. God, verse 5, shall likewise destroy you forever. He shall take you away and pluck you out of your dwelling place and uproot you from the land of the living, Selah. The righteous, verse 6, also shall see and fear and shall laugh at him, saying, Here is the man who did not make God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness, which is kind of interesting. Strengthened himself in his wickedness. In other words, he grew strong in wickedness. We want to grow strong in righteousness. This man grew strong in wickedness. But, verse 8, I 
am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise you forever. Now he's praising God instead of talking about and even to this evil man. I will praise you forever, verse 9, because you have done it. And in the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name, for it is good. It's another of those Psalms that, to me, paints a picture of David's heart. And David's heart was such that he had a heart after God's own heart. And this is one of those Psalms that kind of gives us a a glimpse into the heart of David. Now you might be thinking to yourself, well, the Psalm you just read and I followed along as you read, doesn't sound like a very godly heart, you wicked man. Die, just die. God's going to pluck you out. I can't wait. Yeah, that's, uh, (laughs) that's this man after God's own heart. Here's the thing, and it's kind of sad actually, because it has to come in this way. And that's usually how it does come. And that's how it needs to come. This came out of one of the worst experiences in David's life. It's at a time when he's running for his life from Saul, who wants to take his life. And for many years, Saul was after him, and Saul was wanting to kill him. So we're introduced to this man, which we were actually first introduced to, in 1 Samuel 22, this Doeg, the Edomite. And this guy deceives Saul with his lying tongue concerning David. And when this is all said and done, so many people are unnecessarily going to die, all because of the wicked, deceitful, evil of the tongue of this ugly man. And he's an ugly man in what he did to David, in what he said to Saul about David. The power of the tongue. And that's what I want to talk about before we go on to Psalm 53, because this is the lesson, the important lesson of this psalm. I want to spend just a little bit of time on how this went down. It started when this Doeg goes to Saul, deceives Saul, and he does so by accusing Ahimelech, the priest, of being complicit with David in conspiring against Saul. David had done no such thing, and certainly this priest, Ahimelech, was innocent in what he's being accused of. So what does Saul do? He sends for this Ahimelech who's again innocent of these false accusations, and he starts questioning him about his alliance with David, like he's trying to hide David so that Saul can't find him to kill him. That there's this conspiracy with David against Saul. So we pick it up in 1 Samuel 22, beginning in verse 14, when Saul queries him, So, verse 14, Ahimelech answered the king and said, 
And who among all your servants is as faithful as David, who was the king's son-in-law? Remember now, he married Michal, Saul's daughter. That was actually a reward for his killing of the Philistine, Goliath. That any man who kills this uncircumcised Philistine, I will give you my daughter in marriage, the daughter of the king. Well, for those of you who know how that marriage ended, (laughs) wasn't so much of a blessing, but anyway, that's another topic for another time. So he says, who among all your servants is as faithful as David, who is the king's son-in-law, who goes at your bidding and is honorable in your house. You know, in all fairness to this priest, Ahimelech, he has no idea of what's going on with David. He has no idea that David is on the run for his life from Saul, who wants to take his life. He thinks that David had come and sought bread and a sword from Ahimelech because he was in a hurry and he was still in good favor with King Saul. So he complies with his request innocently, unaware, unknowingly. And so here's his defense now against these allegations by Doeg before King Saul. And then he says, verse 15, Did I then begin to inquire of God for him? Far be it from me. Let not the king impute anything to his servant or to any in the house of my father, for your servant knew nothing of all this, little or much. Now verse 16 has the response from King Saul. And the king said, you shall surely die, Ahimelech. He has just pronounced the death sentence on this priest, and not only this priest. You and all your father's house. Then the king said to the guards who stood about him, turn and kill the priests of the Lord, because their hand also is with David, and because they knew when he fled and did not tell it to me. But, interesting, the servants of the king would not lift their hands to strike the priests of the Lord. Good for them. This is the king's command. And they went against it, and they refused to do it. They're not going to kill the priests. So what is now King Saul going to do? Verse 18, and the king said to Daeg, you turn and kill the priests. So what does he do? (laughs) So Daeg, the Edomite, turned and struck the priests and killed on that day, get this, 85 men who wore a linen ephod, which is what the priests wore. Eighty-five. That is eighty-five pastors that this ugly, that's why I call them ugly, you'll forgive me, (laughs) this ugly man Doeg killed with his own hands. Uh, Really? What? And again, you'll forgive me for saying it this way, and I know this has been said in a different context, But all of these priests died because one man lied. Now, if you're anything like me, and I got to believe that you are in some ways, you've seen firsthand or experienced how the tongue can destroy someone's life. 
And not just someone personally, but a church can be destroyed by one tongue, from one lying, deceitful, untruthful, false allegation. You can kill a ministry. You can kill a pastor. You know, it's interesting. I, the statistics uh, are updated. It used to be that 1,500 pastors left the ministry every month. You do the math. How many a day leave the ministry? Now, the last time I heard this updated statistic, it's 1,700 pastors leave the ministry every single month. Now, of course, there are a number of reasons, but I would suggest to you in my own personal experience and what I've seen over the years in ministry is that a lot of times those pastors leave the ministry because of a doeg, because of a man like this, because of the gossip campaign, because of the false accusations, because of the rumors, and because of the, did you hear? That's all it takes. And Satan is given a blank check that is signed, and he just fills in the amount of the damage that he wants to do, just because of one ugly tongue. This is why the scriptures are replete with warning after warning about taming the tongue. James chapter 3, beginning in verse 6. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and, listen to this, is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed, and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, this is interesting, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, James is pleading with them, this should not be. You know in the Proverbs, I want to say it's... uh, Proverbs chapter 7, might be 6, someone can correct me. But we have a list of the things that God hates. There are six things that God hates, and then we're told that the seventh is an abomination to the Lord. You know what that seventh thing is? I mean, you have the list. The seventh thing is, and this is what God hates, and it's an abomination to Him, is someone who sows discord amongst the brethren. You know, I was thinking about this this last week, actually, how it is that God takes it very seriously when there's the spreading of discord. And it hit me that that was what happened in heaven when Lucifer 
started that campaign in heaven, and it split heaven. The discord that spread because of what he said. What did he say? I will ascend my throne above the Most High. And all of a sudden now, you had discord and division, so much so that a third of the angels were cast down with Lucifer out of heaven. So God himself was on the receiving end of this, and that's why he takes it so seriously, because look what it did. (laughs) By the way, this is why we're going to have the new heavens and the earth. Why do we have to have the new heavens and the new earth? Because sin entered heaven vis-a-vis Lucifer first in this way. And this is why it is so serious. It's so deadly. Proverbs 21 verse 23 says this, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Oh, we have to be so careful. Proverbs 18 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You know, you can either build up or tear down. That's how powerful what we say is. The words that we speak, and what comes out of our mouth. It's not what goes into a man that defiles him, Jesus said. It was, it's what comes out of his mouth. And out of the abundance of a man's heart, the mouth speaks. You want to know what's in somebody? Listen to what comes out of them. That's what's in them. Out of the abundance of a man's heart, the mouth speaks. And death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can kill with the tongue. You can kill with the tongue. First Peter chapter 3, verse 10. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. You know, one of the things about lying is that the devil is the father of lies. I've heard it said this way, that you're never more like the devil than when you lie. Think about that. Jesus said, you're you're speaking your, your father's language, your native tongue. Yes, that's your father's tongue. He's the father of lies. And you're speaking that language, that deceitful wickedness and that deceitful evil. First Timothy 5.19, I want to end with this one for a reason, if you'll just indulge me for a second. This is a biggie. Paul's writing to Timothy as a pastor of a church, and he says this, Do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it is brought by two or three witnesses. Didn't we just come out of one of the, I mean, most grievous demonstrations of being guilty until proven innocent, right? Um, I'm not trying to wax political here. Actually, This is biblical here. The presumption of innocence, that's biblical. So when when did it become, you're guilty and the burden of proof is on you because now someone, just one person, not two or three, 
have just levied an accusation against you, and you're guilty. You've heard the, uh, I hate to use it, but it's, it's apropos. How about this one? You've heard it said when somebody says to a guy, hey, are you still beating your wife? Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? You will never look at that guy the same again. As far as you're concerned, just because one person said what they said with their ugly tongue, they just started a whole forest fire. Because now that guy beats his wife just because you said it. Now he's guilty. And now the burden of proof is on him to prove that he's innocent. How are you going to prove you're innocent? Oh my goodness, in your mind you've already been judge and jury and you pronounced a verdict. The verdict is in. Guilty as charged. And what Paul is saying here is, listen, if somebody brings an accusation against an elder, against a pastor, you better have two or more witnesses. I mean we're talking eyewitnesses. Eyewitnesses that can testify. Because if you don't have two or three witnesses and somebody levies an accusation, it's done. You don't entertain it. And you don't repeat it. Isn't that what we do? I, I had somebody, this I'm talking about on the mainland. I, I'm very careful, when, especially when it comes to this, but on the mainland, this uh, true story. I had somebody come to me and, and bring an accusation against one of my staff members. And (laughs) this is not my first rodeo, right? So my response to them was, oh really? Have you talked with them? No. I thought I better come to you. Oh really? Uh, Has anybody else uh, seen that which you're accusing my staff member of doing? No. What are you doing? And I took him to 1 Timothy 5.19. I also took him to some other places in Scripture. I said, let me, let me be very clear with what, what you're about to do here. You can and have the potential to destroy this man's life by what you just did. Okay, well, but uh, I heard. Oh really, you heard it? And you didn't go to him to see if it's even true? And you, and you bring it to me? How many other people have you brought it to? Hey, you know, just between you and me, I heard that so-and-so did such and thus. <gasps> you heard that? Really? So then what, what are you going to do? Well, then you go to somebody else and you go, hey, you know what I heard? I heard that so-and-so did such and thus. Oh, the enemy is throwing a party. The enemy can take the whole week off because you're doing his work for him and instead of him. There's a lot to learn from the book of Psalms, and we're so glad you've joined us to sift through it all with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. The range of emotions expressed in the pages we've been studying give us an accurate and beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father, the almighty and loving creator of the world. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to share how you can access more of these messages right now. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. You can even take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. 
Find a link to our app on our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. This will provide you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and access to the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website. Again, that address is inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to God's Word today. We pray it's blessed and encouraged you greatly. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Psalms when you join us next time, right here on In Spirit and Truth.